I'm not a fan of worms, but I'm not definitely afraid of them. <laughs> that would know? be hilarious if you were deathly afraid of worms. <laughs> no, no. I'm not very big on fear. This is The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. Just the vibe of that CBS Sunday morning show, like, it's an interesting and good show. Like, you you hear a lot of interesting things, but just the tone of it is, like, gives off boring. (laughs) It's like, hi, I'd like to tell you a really interesting story in the most boring tone possible. Yeah, I don't, uh, I'm not big on those Sunday magazine shows or whatever they call them. Unless there's a, a guest, like if they're doing a feature on Elton John or somebody I love, I'll listen. But here we're starting another podcast, and I hope I don't sound too nervous. I, I hope there's not anxiety evident in my voice, because as we speak, as we're recording this on Sunday, I'm in the midst of uh, doing something I've never done before, which is cooking a beef brisket, a giant 12-pound, 11-pound beef brisket on my big green egg. It's a day-long process. I'm a couple of hours in. I'm very nervous. When the way you built that up for a second, I thought you actually had something serious that you were nervous about. Like this is like <laughs> this is first world problems here. What a well, rough Sunday you're having of nerves. <laughs> it <laughs> here's the thing. Okay, I don't know if you know beef brisket. Uh, this is an 11 pound piece of meat. Uh, quite frankly, almost a hundred dollars worth of meat. Okay. Wow. It's going to be like a six eight hour process and. We hope it turns out beautifully, but uh, that's what I'm nervous about. And you're right, there are worse things to be nervous about in the world. But uh, one thing I'm not nervous about, however, is this is the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. And welcome, (laughs) podcast family. Appreciate you being back with us again, uh, both podcast listeners and uh, Sirius XM radio listeners on Channel 145 every Monday from 5 to 6 p.m. I don't have my intern yet. Where's my intern? I know. I'm uh, I'm working on that. I thought we once we got to serious, I thought we were gonna have like an old maybe open an office and you know we'd have a like, receptionist. I'd have an assistant. You know where sure. are we at? Like a whole staff, you mean? Yeah. We we we, we need a staff. That's Howard right. Stern has a whole staff. Why don't Why don't we? That's true. I've always dreamt of um of having the title chief of staff. That's always been. Or like just a having one. a staff. Oh, you you need your like you'll have a production staff, and I'll have a host staff, and although you're like a co-host. Anyway, we're getting derailed here. I want to mention that um, on the podcast today, we have a couple of guests uh, familiar to Levitard Show listeners, the inscrutable, the the mystery man of the show, Roy Bellamy, joins us later today. Uh, uh, Roy's always always great. And um, a real special guest we have, not that Roy isn't, he's special as well, but we have on uh, Dave Parker, the former Pittsburgh Pirates slugger from the 70s and 80s. Uh, we are family, the championship Pirates and um, does anyone know been, that? I don't. I, don't I, mean, I know old people do, but to people my age, the "We Are Family" thing isn't really a thing. Really, that went over a lot of people's heads. You might want to explain that one. The Pittsburgh Pirates, who won the World Series, whatever year that was, '83. So, you know, that was their theme, and those were the the Pirates of Dave Parker and Pops Willie Stargell. I think uh, anybody older than you will be nodding like a bobblehead right now, looking forward to hearing to hearing from Dave Parker. But before we get to that. What's what's Greg talk. Cody burning on? Let me hear it. Give it to me, Greg. <laughs> well, you and I played golf uh, yesterday. Oh. And, um, I love how, where you've started this podcast. It's like, all right, what are we doing on this podcast this week? Brisket and golf. Me! Right. On the Greg Cody <laughs> Show, we are talking about me! <laughs> 
I'm segueing uh, by, by mentioning we played golf yesterday with my brother, the famous Uncle Dick. Um, I'm segueing into the Masters because uh, uh, All right, that's I want to get your thoughts on, on how this Masters is going. But for me, the highlight of the tournament happened before it even began when 86-year-old Lee Elder uh, was invited to participate in the ceremonial tee shot. I thought it was very moving. Uh, if you don't know, Lee Elder uh, was the very first black man allowed to compete in the Masters uh, in, in all-white, then all-white Augusta. And uh, he received death threats at the time. Uh, he went through, a, you know, he was the Jackie Robinson of golf in a, in a very substantive way. And to see him uh, 46 years later um, in, in his mid-80s uh, on the tee along with Jack Nicklaus and Gary Player was very moving to me. Did you happen to see that? Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. That's a good job by the Masters. I think the Masters realizes that they've been behind on a lot of this stuff. So, you know, while it is yeah. probably maybe a little late, it's obviously right. a step in the right direction. Yeah, it, it's very late. And, uh, you know, just like the... Like, um, it feels... It, it does feel a little odd to, like, give the Masters a whole victory here. Like, I think they're just making up for the, the wrongs they've done in the past. Oh, very much so. I mean, the... the Look, the Masters has been um, in an exclusionary uh, white gentleman's club for a long time. Uh, their treatment of, of blacks and women uh, has been abhorrent. And uh, they're finally, you know, being being pushed uh, against their will, in a way, into the 21st century. And uh, But they did let Lee Elder have his stage. And uh, it was a great moment, uh, whether Lee Elder hit the ball or not. He didn't hit it. He just stood and waved. But that was enough for it to be a special moment 46 years later. I thought it got the Masters off to uh, a moving start, an emotional start. And that's what the Masters does, right? The Masters traffics in emotion and reverence and sort of the, the cathedral of golf. And uh, they, I have to say they do that in a way that uh, very few other sporting events do. Yep, I got to take my Saturday nap with the Masters on, so <laughs> I was happy. It's one of the, my favorite days of the year, Masters Saturday. For a little mid yeah. mid afternoon nap. Yeah, it's a it's a napping sport. Uh, it, bowling for me is the best napping sport. But uh, what the, right cl there. the clash of the pins isn't too disturbing to you? Oh, it's no because the key is you turn the volume down on the TV so that the the clatter of pins becomes like a soft muffled sound. Oh, you know I, what I mean? I see your clattering of pins and I raise you, Jim Nance's monotone voice jim nance does have a beautiful monotone voice i'll give him that like just and you, and you are i do the same thing where i turn it down to just the perfect i want you to close your eyes right now i turn it down yeah. to like the perfect where jim nance is just whispering to me right it's so nice he's like hello friends enjoy your saturday with me i've got chris Schenkel describing a strike and the pins are clattering softly in the background you know what it sounds like as i'm drifting off to sleep the clatter of bowling pins sounds like distant thunder which is uh, like, you know, rain on a tin roof. More like lightning, I would think. Yeah. I would think yeah, they would sound more like lightning. You may be right. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, about the heat and whether Kawhi Leonard is going to be joining us here oh, in Miami. I just took my shirt off. Don't tease me. Like, Can we not do this again? I've gotten my heart. Like, We, we, we killed it with LeBron. We got LeBron. But right. then ever since then, there's the Giannis. There was a time we thought we were getting Giannis. Yeah, and now he's, he resigned. We thought at one point we played this game with Lamarcus Aldridge when he was still good with Portland. Right, like you know what I mean. We, yeah. And with Kevin Durant, we've played Durant. this game a lot, and yep. we've been losing. We got Jimmy Butler in a trade. We've been doing right. well in trades, but this free agency thing. Don't get me excited. I don't want it. Yeah. Plus, Kawhi, can I do a quick take? 
Kawhi a little injury prone. He needs to always be on like some sort of management program. I just don't know. Of all the stars, yeah. he seems the most frail. And, like, and and by the way, don't forget the beer. There were James Harden rumors about uh, the Heat as well at one time. But uh, no, I'll take a limited Kawhi Leonard. He's He's a great defender, obviously. Everybody knows his resume. And the fact that he and Paul George don't seem to have great chemistry with the LAC, the Clippers. Um, I think if they fall short again in the playoffs, and he, he could very well decide to opt out. And uh, and if he does, the speculation is that, uh, you know, he's intrigued by joining Butler and Bam in Miami. I, I think it sounds pretty plausible well, to me. Well, Butler was his first choice, and a lot of our information is probably coming from the same source of Amin Al-Hassan, who you, but can we can we address you referencing him in your article as ESPN's Amin Al-Hassan? Did you like oh, see God. that you were getting made fun of this? Like you were getting made fun of this on our show and on the internet the last couple oh, of days. Oh my gosh, I did. You're right. You called him ESPN's Amin Al-Hassan and he's not ESPN's anymore. I'm so, I'm so used to that. And I wrote it without even thinking and then it got past an editor. You didn't see oh any. You, I love. I love your little shot. The editor right there. Like, <laughs> like the, the, you know, Amino has it much more than this editor. I assume. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, you were legitimately you see, embarrassing you, me. You didn't see any of the reaction. Podcast. We talked about it on our show, and it was <laughs> he tweeted about it. Like it was a thing. Oh my god! I deserve to be embarrassed on my own <laughs> podcast for that because you're absolutely right. Probably ten times in the past over the years, I've referred to ESPN's. Amin El Hassan and I just you know I was on auto drive or whatever this time I did it again man I'm I'm embarrassed <laughs> sorry Amin no Amin uh, El Hassan of course is with Meadowlark Media now part of the uh, Levitard uh, actually see you got it wrong again I don't think he's technically even signed with Meadowlark Media <laughs> he's a host for he has multiple shows for SiriusXM he's multiple he has multiple podcasts so he's maybe I just broke the news that he will be joining Meadowlark maybe I. Uh, Ooh. I broke news there, but uh, I just real as you're like you know crawling into a ball here and just of shame and embarrassment. Right. I just had a good idea that we could like trick people into getting to download this podcast this week. We could. How's that? Why don't you just do a fake? You should pretend that you have the scoop on whatever's happening to our show, and you should like give it right now. And you know, even though you don't know, and none of us know, right. but like. Just make something up, and then we could just say that Greg Cody gives the scoop on this week's episode. Well, I could I could say that the Dan Lebitard Show with Stu Gatz are going to be signing on with the Greg Cody Podcast Network. Wow! Joining, joining my family of uh, my growing family of uh, entities and uh, uh, sidelights and businesses. So you've had a meeting that? with John Skipper. Um, Skipper Skip and I uh, have met a couple of times. Uh, I'm uh, I'm buying Meadowlark Media for one point five billion dollars. Just like A Rod is buying the Minnesota Lynx and the Timberwolves, and um, and we're going to go from there. Now it's not official yet; nothing's been signed, so I'm not in a position to report that. But um, you know, we're uh, we're in negotiations. Let's wow. put it that way. This is yeah. big news. I'm telling you, it's uh, you know. Let's not talk about it though. I hope uh, uh, you you should edit that out of the podcast because, like I say, it's not official yet. Um, hey, let's get started with uh, this podcast, shall we? Because we got a big one today. We're like ten minutes in. That's right. Isn't that enough? <laughs> haven't, I, haven't I embarrassed myself enough? <laughs> All right, let's welcome Dave Parker now into the podcast, the baseball great. Um, you could argue that, and, and I was a big, huge baseball fan during his era. You could argue that from 1975 to about 79 or 80, Dave Parker was the best hitter in baseball. He was terrific. And um, he's older now. He suffers from Parkinson's. 
but he was kind enough to join us to talk about his new autobiography. Here's Dave Parker. We are joined today by the great former baseball slugger, probably best known and remembered as a Pittsburgh Pirates icon from the championship We Are Family era, along with uh, Pops, Willie Stargell, uh, the great Dave Parker. Dave, thanks for joining us on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. What, um, there, there was never a doubt that, that you had a book in you uh, with, with uh, the uh, full life and, and career you've led. Uh, what made you write it now? What did you want people to, to know about you as a person, as a, as a ball player that, that maybe wasn't well enough known? Well, just the fact that uh, I'm, I'm more than a ball player. Uh, that's why we uh, had the title as it is. So I just wanted people to know Dave Parker as a little different than I'm being portrayed. What is it about your reputation that you think uh, has been misportrayed a little bit? Well, you know, ending up in Pittsburgh, people thought of me as a bad guy. And uh, one thing I wanted to portray that I'm not a bad guy, but I'm a positive guy. I was very positive about my, my style of baseball, very positive about my teammates. I just want people to, to realize that I'm a, a good player, a good guy, and I want to reflect that in this book. Dave, your book is called Cobra. A Life of Baseball and Brotherhood. The, the chapters in your book, I, I noticed, um, are all refer, or most of them refer to songs or lyrics or music. Um, how did that come about? Why, um, why did you give, uh, give the book that theme as far as the, the chapter titles? The 70s came with uh, a lot of good music, Slotstone. Uh, my Parkinson's bothered me. I'm going to pick it up. But... Uh, we were big in, in music. You know, Sly Stone was one of our favorites. Um, we Are Family was uh, the theme song for, for the club. Dave, are you, are you okay? You mentioned your Parkinson's, and um, my father suffered from Parkinson's as well. And um, I want to give a shout-out to the Dave Parker 39 Foundation of yours that's doing its best to, to try to help find a, a cure for Parkinson's. Uh, how how are you doing? You look well. Is it is it tough for you? Well, it's it's uh, something new every day. You know, every morning you wake up, it's a, a new adventure. So uh, I just deal with it as it comes. Like I said, I play the hand that's dealt. This is what's been dealt, and I got to deal with it. Who was a pitcher that you hated to see on the mound because you just couldn't seem to figure him out? Steve Carlton was tough. Mm. He had a slider that he would throw middle of the plate out. It was a tough pitch to hit because the middle of the plate wants wants to slide a break. It's over in the other batter's box. Dave, um, you had a, a, a great career. And, and when I look at all your accomplishments, uh, two-time batting titles, seven all-star games, uh, league MVP, um, for me, you have Hall of Fame numbers. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm a Hall of Fame voter although I wasn't back when you were on the ballot. And um, I have an idea why you've been snubbed unfairly, I think, from the Hall of Fame. I wonder uh, what your thoughts are on that and how much it hurts. You know, I uh, did everything that you can do as a player. I had the two batting titles, two world championships, seven uh, all-star games, six uh, silver bats, I believe. 
but I uh, did everything that you could do as a player. So it's really up to them. I uh, can tell people that uh, I was the best player in baseball from 75 to 80. That's what a Hall of Fame is supposed to be about, what you do on the field. Right. I'm getting a raw deal. And if it's the, the drug trial, people are holding over my head. That's wrong because there's other people that's in the Hall of Fame that did drugs, missed games. I didn't do any of that. I, I fulfill my obligation all the way up until the letter. So uh, I don't know why they chose me to keep out the Hall of Fame. But uh, people see me in the streets and tell me how, how great I am or I was. And uh, I don't know why I'm not in the Hall. Yeah, I have to say, as a voter, um, you should be. And um, it's also disappointing. You know, it, frankly, Dave, you're... You, the, the writers and, and the Veterans Committee, I mean, it's as if they're punishing you because you, you did have a dalliance with cocaine. And you, you talk about that in the book. It's a very honest book. Um, what, what can you tell people about um, the, the lessons that you took from uh, being under the grip of cocaine and, and being able to free yourself from it? Well, I, I really went under a grip. I did cocaine. I let people know that I did it. I wasn't hiding anything. It was something that I brought up on myself. I chose to do cocaine, and I uh, took the responsibility of dealing with it. Dave, you have a big birthday coming up in a couple of months. You're going to turn 70. That's, uh, it's got to be hard for you to believe uh, that, that the time has run away like that, right? 70 years old. I used to think the guy that's turning 50 was old. Right. And I am turning 70. Any big plans for the, the birthday? I'm going to celebrate it with my, my wife and my kids, do something that's baseball related. So I'm going I'm to have baseball with me when I celebrate my seven year. Excellent. Dave, we'll let you go. Um, be well and uh, great luck with the book and um, appreciate uh, all you've done for baseball over the years. Well, thank you. Thanks a lot. All right. Have a good one. Thanks, Dave Parker, for joining us, the, uh, the all-time Pittsburgh Pirates great. And, uh, and now we're joined by friend of the show, FOS, Roy Bellamy. And, well, I'm uh, proud to be Roy- friend of the show. I appreciate you guys having me. This is awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Finally, my return voyage after what happened last time. Well, you, you set the record, Roy, uh, a long-standing record, never been broken, never been challenged for the shortest guest appearance on the Greg Cody Show pad- podcast. I think it measured at, uh, what, 39.4 seconds? Hey, listen, this is a record that I'm not proud of, uh, and uh, unfortunately I'm going to end up in the record books with people such as whoever created the most errors in a baseball game. <laughs> you know, like, that, that's going to be me. So I'm not proud of that record, but I'm here now, and I'm here to actually have a longer uh time with you guys i i was yeah. thinking that you were going to say roy that you will this time have the longest interview ever and that you're just never going to get off the zoom like you're like i'm staying here for the next two hours just so i can have now the longest interview hey i got time yeah there you go <laughs> friday I, mean, I got well, nothing else to do i i can i can tell you roy one of the re- reasons i wanted to have you back on is that i find you um a man of mystery uh on the show <laughs> i think um of all the, the valued members of the Levitard Show shipping container, um, you are the most inscrutable 
Um, mm -hmm. You emit words like uh, little pearls of gold, and here's why. Unlike everybody else who leans into a microphone, uh, you have learned the art of brevity, of being concise. Uh, you don't always say uh, pontificate. Rather, you say things in, in short, cogent points. And um, have you always been like that? Have you always been reticent to... Uh, it seems like you're not in the love with the sound of your own voice like a lot of people who lean into a mic. Oh, no, I hate the sound of my own voice. In fact, I'm listening to myself right now. I hate it. This, this it makes me sick. Uh, but, <laughs> Roy, yeah, you, have a mean, you have a good voice, Roy. I have a deep voice. It's a deep voice. You know, it's good for radio. But, uh, yeah, I uh, tend to get straight to the point, and usually, usually my points are short. You know, there's not really any reason to explain myself further. You know, I said what I said, and that's it. Is it fair to say you have a sexy voice? Uh, depends on who you ask. If you're asking me, no. If you're asking somebody else, maybe. Baby. Well, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's important. I mean, yeah, you know, you married a woman, you know, she loved your voice, and the rest is history. Well, I don't know about that, but yeah. <laughs> hey, Roy, we, um, last week on the podcast, we hit on uh, broadcasting legend Dick Stockton, and uh, we actually got him to sing. And I wonder, is there any <laughs> chance that before uh, your guest appearance ends today that you will use that beautiful voice of yours and sing a song for us. Uh, I probably could. Oh, I would have to figure out the song. Yeah, okay. think about it. Yes, I, I will only do this for Greg. <laughs> I will never do this for Chris. <laughs> I mean, that is such a good point by Roy. If I would have asked that question, he would have been like, blow it out your ass. Exactly. <laughs> exactly what I would have said. I feel like Roy's a guy who sings. I don't know why. Maybe in the shower. Like, where do you do most of your singing, Roy? I'm actually not a singer. But if I find the right song, uh, usually it has to have a song where somebody's doing like the deep part. Uh, then yeah, I'll probably sing it. You know, like okay. a, who knows the Temptations, that sort of thing. You know, I like it. You gotta have a baritone in there. You know, sure. Ain't too proud to beg that kind of thing. Yeah, I exactly. I, yeah. Okay. Hey. Um. So by the end of your appearance, we will ask you for a song. You've got time to mull mull one over, and uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a whole song. Maybe like a thirty, forty-five second snippet. But mm -hmm. um. Roy, what is, uh, we want to get to know uh, the man of mystery a little bit better today. Uh, and so I want to ask you some, some basic questions, Roy. And the first is, what was the last movie that made you cry? Oh, the last movie that made me cry. Uh, that was me blowing a raspberry. Um, <laughs> I solid, solid filler sound right there. Thank you. Um uh, See, I think there's, not, there's a lot of different ways to fill, and I'm gonna fill for Roy here while he thinks. You can okay. hit hit that noise. You can do a. You can ask the question back. You can be like, "Huh, what is the last movie right. that made me cry?" That's some solid filler. Another good fill is to say, "Man, that is a good question." That is a fantastic question. That you know is what? a stupendous question. <laughs> um, I think it may have been Selma. I uh, watched it on cable. Um, that was uh, when they were crossing over the uh, Edmund Pettus Bridge oh, in yeah. Alabama. Uh, yeah, the first time they tried to cross the bridge, you know, they, uh, the state troopers of Alabama pushed them back violently. Uh, so that, that, was, that, that was one. Um, 42 did that as well. I went to the theater for that one. Um, the Dodgers Phillies game and Jackie Robinson, who was played by the late Chadwick yeah. Boseman, uh, was being yelled at by uh, the Phillies manager, Ben Chapman. It just a whole 
inward this, inward that, you know, and that sort of thing. You know, that was, yeah, that, that now, was tough. Roy, what's something that you're afraid of that might surprise people? I'm not afraid of anything. <laughs> wow. Well, come on, Roy. There's no, like, you don't have, like, you're not afraid of, like, you know, spiders. Like, what's no. the what's the little rodent that you could be caught alone in a room with that you would go, ah! No. I'm not, <laughs> wow. I'm not afraid of, No. Really? I'm especially not afraid of anything that would surprise anybody. I mean, no, I'm not a fan of worms, but I'm not deathly afraid of them. <laughs> that would know? be hilarious if you were deathly afraid of worms. No, no. <laughs> well, who, I, I hate earthworms. The way they wriggle and wiggle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but, I don't want to pick one up. Dad, yours is frogs, right? I hate frogs. Uh, I hate him as Sugats. Wow. Yeah, yeah fro- frogs are very unpredictable. They're haphazard. You know, they're staring you right in the face. You have no idea whether they're going to jump at you, jump right to the right, jump left. Unpredictable. What about heights, Roy? Heights? I'm not a fan of heights, no. That's ah, okay. So I'm you just, are afraid wait. of stuff. I'm not afraid of things that would surprise people. Right, I guess you're right. And I'm not very big on fear. Like, <laughs> I don't show fear that all that often. So heights would be not fearful, but I'm not a fan of heights i can get on a plane have you ever roy been on a plane and like had there was a moment where like the plane had turbulence and you like had a moment of like i'm genuinely terrified genuinely terrified no if we were going down i would probably <laughs> say you know what it's been a good life hopefully i get uh hopefully i would ascend yeah. you know <laughs> instead descend. of descend <laughs> if you know what i mean but yeah i'm not generally terrified of planes Roy, what's um, what's the most upset you've been with a team at any time? At the team or yeah. something that ha- okay at the team. Yes, uh, I got one. Uh, game five of the National League Division Series, and I believe Alex Gonzalez, who was sticking up the joint at the plate, grounded into a second or third double play. I think this time the bases were loaded. And then I threw my chair across the room. <laughs> left a hole in the wall. Oh, my. He ended up being a, a walk-up homer, yeah. obviously. But in, but, in the World yeah, Series. In the World Series. But, yeah, it's, it, this obviously happened before the World Series. This is like first round. Thrown chair. I don't, I don't know if I've ever thrown a chair. I've... I think that was probably the... Only time that I fully fledged through a chair. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty extreme because chairs can be heavy. It wasn't yeah. like a big uh, lazy boy, right? It was just like a little. No, metal it was an chair office chair. What? It was an office chair. Yeah. Okay. All right, that's more like it. I'll, uh, I'm a magazine and book thrower. You're a magazine thrower. <laughs> yeah. Of course, you would be like such an out, like an outdated way of like reading stuff, like mag, like who's like just toss them up in the air, just throw them backwards. We get like <laughs> ten magazines in my house. We get Food Network. We get all kind of magazines. Roy, I consider you to be a, a Florida Panthers expert, a hockey expert in general. So I want to ask you this. Um, every time I think this is the year of the cat, this is the year they win the first Stanley Cup in franchise history, and then they lose two in a row to Carolina by 5-2 and 3-0. Is this a Panthers team that can win the Stanley Cup? Uh, well, you saw with Carolina, and you can see with Tampa that those are two better teams than the Panthers. But it's all about... Hot starts, how uh, good your goaltenders are, and if you can get on a win streak. You saw that the Panthers were on a six-game winning streak, uh, and they get back to best in the league. I wouldn't say that this is a Stanley Cup winning team, 
They are definitely an Eastern Conference Championship contender. I'm sorry, not Eastern Conference Champion because there are no conferences this year, but they are, they are definitely a contender to possibly get into what would be the third round of the playoffs. You were uh, listening to the familiar dulcet tones of Roy Bellamy, the, uh, the mystery man of the Levitard show, as we're billing him. And as we continue to unlock the mystery, Roy, let me ask you, um, are you a bucket list person? Are you somebody who says, this I really want to do? And I haven't done yet. I, uh, I'm not a bucket list person. I might have a couple of goals here or there, but I'm not necessarily a bucket list person. I would say a goal of mine would be to get, would be to buy a Ford Mustang. You know, it could be a GT, it could be uh, EcoBoost Premium. I just want a Ford Mustang. That's just a goal of mine right now, you know. Roy, where, uh, where in the world would you most like to travel Scotland. Uh, I would like to go around the country to each of its distilleries and and sample the scotches. That that's a nice place. I would go like to go. This is basically all alcohol related. This is uh, I would go to <laughs> Napa Valley uh, in Sonoma. You know that would, that would be a nice uh, trip for Just crush some wine. Anita and I for the wine uh, situation. Then I would as far as the other thing would be sports. I would love to go from ballpark to ballpark. Uh, major and minor leagues uh, wow. go from rink to rink, arena to arena, uh, stadium to stadium, just to check out games. I mean, you know, if I get enough money to do that. And hopefully I will get paid enough to be able to do that. Roy, naps on your couch or in your bed? Where do you couch. nap? You're a couch napper. Me too. That's what a TV is. The TV's yeah. in the living room, so it's a couch, and that's why I'm most likely going to take a nap. I'm not a napper. Really? Yeah, I, I mean, I you do nap. sometimes take naps. Like if you're sick, like if you're gonna take a nap, are you going in your bedroom or are you on the couch? Uh, generally in the bedroom. I'm the guy who pulls the covers all the way up to his chin, and uh, I I'm, <laughs> I perpetually get cold, and yet I have the fan on. It doesn't make any sense. Point is, I don't habitually nap. I'm not like routinely a napper. Um, Roy, you uh, do you consider yourself a foodie? I, I enjoy food. Uh, we all enjoy food, that, isn't that right? I would enjoy food a lot. Yes. <laughs> well, imagine that. Then it seems like we have the perfect Mount Gregmore for Roy today. Seems we like really sick, do. Right? Should yeah. we do that? Uh, you know what? I think I would like to involve Roy uh, in our Mount Gregmore because um, it involves food, as a matter of fact. That was so mm. seamless. Like I, I don't even know. Are we in a different segment now? I can't even tell. Yeah, we are. It's uh, let's let's have that music starting in the background because this is Mount Gregmore. You know what's crazy is that I often think of uh, the one thing in the world that has the power to unite the, the whole world is food. Why? Because it's what we all have to have, and it's what we all enjoy. Am I right, Roy? That's right. So are you just pretending that Roy knows what Mount Gregmore is? Are you going to explain it to him? Well, Mount I can Gregmore, make an assumption. <laughs> Mount Gregmore is was put on Earth to kick the ass of Mount Rushmore. You know, Mount Rushmore is just everybody's top four. Mount Gregmore is a top five plus an honorable mention. So it's top six. Oh, I don't wow. know what right. he's doing. So <laughs> this is crazy. So this this is the Mount Rushmore of, uh, of my favorite food genres and then specific dishes within those genres. And so we're going to start with... Uh, Overly complicated. You were supposed to just do genres. What's happening here? All right. We're going to start with uh, honorable mention. Indian food, uh, chicken vindaloo with a curry sauce over basmati rice and a beautiful uh, garlicky 
non bread. Oh, that non. That yes, is... the non is uh, is vital yes. when it oh. comes to uh, your Indian dishes. So without without non, Indian food would be not a top ten genre right. for me. But it go, yeah. it, it's in my top. I would say it's in my. Like, I, I think that's an accurate rating for you. It's it's got to be in the top five. Thank you. That sauce with that non bread. Ah, oh, the oh non sauce. No, oh, the non. Not better than good non. Number five. Non better. Hey. Non better indeed. Number five. Uh, Jamaican jerk chicken. Uh, Scotch bonnet heat over a layer of sweet. The perfect blend. Uh, nothing better on wings. All flat, please. No, too spicy. Uh, it depends on who makes them. It, it does. I like the wet jerk sauce rather than the, the dry rub, personally. Dry rub's better. That's my Do you? Yeah, I like really? the dry rub better, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, we, we get uh, the jerk wings at Billy's near me. And um, the the random wet marinade they use random name drop of a restaurant that nobody knows. Like, trying to yeah. get sponsored, you know. Trying to get um, sponsored. That's, that's exactly right. My my indoor I I come cheap. My endorsement deal is giving an order of eight wings all flat once a month, and then I'll I'll talk you up on the air. Um, <laughs> that's a good deal, actually. Yeah. Number good four, deal. good old steak, but it needs to be perfectly seasoned and perfectly cooked. I'm, I'm very particular about my steak. I want a one-inch bone-in ribeye that has to have that beautiful hard crust on the outside, but then be tender and medium on the inside. You want a seared steak? Yes. Steak and ribs overrated. No. Oh. We're not, we're not going to fight today, Chris. I'm just saying. We're not, not going to fight I don't want to go into my whole spiel. I've said it before. Steak's a little <laughs> overrated. It's it, my it's, day off. It's not I'm a, trying not to fight people. <laughs> it's not a top five genre. Yeah, you, I'm sorry. You, you haven't had the right steak if you think steak's I've overrated. I've had great yeah. steak. Yeah. Number three, New England seafood clam bake. That's uh, right. Lobster, shrimp, Ipswich or little neck clams, mm-hmm. clam chowder on the side. A big terrine of melted butter. Butter. <laughs> Needs to have garlic in there. Yeah, have garlic in there. Why All right, you... I'll go with that. <laughs> never having a garlic and bacon, man. You can never have too much of either. I mean, yeah. That's right. Seafood, it's a good choice. But why do you always insist on reading all of these like you're doing a trailer for a movie? I just like to... Because I'm, I'm coming this about fall. Food. Garlic. Well, shrimp. <laughs> The music I, makes I, it, you know, it, it comes out with the music, too. Yeah, so. that's true. The music I cook and eat with gusto. I'm passionate about food. Number two, Cajun. And by Cajun, I mean Greg's famous deep-fried Cajun bird, <laughs> which uh-huh. has so much caked in so much Cajun seasoning that it's a, it's a rich brownish, reddish color when it goes into the oil. It's perfect. <laughs> it's just perfect. Now, Roy. Take a yes. breath. Roy is very proud of, of his deep fried bird. Am I right? No, he just. Uh, my uh, turkey is not fried. It's uh, it's in the oven. Yes, I'm very proud of my turkey. It's a uh, it's a staple uh, in this household every single year. If but I could just do it playing, twice but, a year, then yes. But you're just playing from behind, Roy. I mean, this fried turkey with the oil, like it's just. Well, listen, you. I'm you sure have your never had my turkey. I'm sure your turkey's delicious. But when it's going up against a fried turkey, like Roy, I'm sorry. Just, You've never had my turkey, so I know. you can't you can't. I'm not talk. saying your your turkey is probably amazing. It's just a fried turkey's where it's at. But ask around. Right. Right. I like it. We'll uh, you and I will have a turkey off yes. someday where I'll I'll deep fry and you'll oven and we'll have a blind uh, we'll get guy fietti. We'll have a blind <laughs> taste test. Yes. And winner gets nothing. Uh, except a good except turkey. A good turkey. Exactly. <laughs> Number one. Barbecue. Yeah. Really? Now, all right. I feel like you're pandering. Yes. I feel like you're no, no, pandering, no, no. Roy. Listen, 
I'll eat as many baby back ribs as you give me, but to me, the perfect cue of choice is, yes, I eat butt all the time, all that stuff. It's the Boston butt turned into pulled pork, cooked low and slow on the big green egg. I set it for about 215 to 220 degrees, let it go for hours, get that telltale smoke <laughs> ring, develop that sublime crusty bark but it's fork tender and moist under the crust you know what i'm talking about bellamy that's right you let it go for hours while still opening the green egg every 20 minutes and like defeating the purpose of having a green egg no no i do i do (laughs) check on the temperature yeah chris i do i do temperatures on the thing the temperature temperature of the meat is very much a thing you gotta have the right temperature before pulling it off yep and then let it rest for a little bit and then you pull the pork and then yeah you dip the pork into whatever sauce you're gonna use, and then boom, you got. What's your favorite, a... Roy? What's your favorite? Uh, like, I like if my dad's is, is a pork butt. Like, what's your? If, if I made you pick one piece of meat from a barbecue, like, what are you going with? Oh, it's burnt ends, straight up. Mm. Burnt ends <laughs> is off of the brisket, so you cook the brisket, and then you slice off the tops and bottoms, and then you re-season it, and then you put it back in the smoker or the grill. And then you cook it again, and oh. it's caramelized, sweetness, beautiful. It's just delicious, I'm, man. I'm not I'm a saying. huge barbecue person, but that sounds amazing. I'm not going to lie. I do it love brisket. Is. I think brisket would be my choice of all the, the barbecue meats. I just like brisket in general, but I'll try that burnt end, the burnt ends. I'll take that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. My mouth is literally watering right now. I mean, I'm so hungry. Why don't we I'm stop so recording. hungry? In the Why don't we end this show, and then the three of us will go get lunch at a barbecue place? That sounds like a good idea to me. <laughs> that is a good idea. By the way, the Mount Gregmore of favorite foods did not even include other foods that I love, such as Italian, Thai, and Mexican. How about that? So you're doing more honorable mention? Like, no, I'm just... You have an honorable mention slot, and then at the end, you do more honorable mention? I'm, I'm just mentioning that the list was so jam-packed with flavor, I couldn't even get to Italian food, and I love me some lasagna. No bechamel sauce, please. Classic red. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm hungry. Can we end this episode? Wait a minute. We're not ready to end quite yet, because Roy Bellamy owes us a song. Oh, wow. I thought he was getting uh, away with it. Well... I'm trying to think of a song. I haven't really thought of one. Uh, I was going through the uh, OJ's collection uh, to see if I could get one out, but uh, I don't know. Backstabbers? Oh. Love Train? <laughs> love, love Train. That's a good song. I'm, I'm Damn right sure. it is. All right. It doesn't look like he's going to sing, Dad. You failed. Your mission failed. No, he's I'm, he's still working it. He's still working it. Does he need any help? Al um, Green? No, Al Green's too high of an octave. Bro, you don't have you, to. It's you fun. can recreate Al Green and make it your own. <laughs> Do Barry White for all I care. You can't get any lower than that yeah, guy's voice. We had Dick Stockton sing, so now you're just going to like badger all of our guests in the singing. I am, yeah. Anyway, all right. We're disappointed that Roy wouldn't sing for us, but that's okay because he's still a wonderful guest, wonderful person, great on the Levitard show, man of mystery. And um, Roy, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate you sitting in with us today. And uh, thanks once again to Dave Parker, who deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And we're gonna we're gonna try to rally support for that. No, um, I mean, I think I feel like that you just did about all you're going to do to try to rally support for Dave Parker. I mean, let's well, let's unfortunately, be, let's he's not off be, the ballot now. Let's not be I, disingenuous here. You're like you said it to him during the interview. You're like, I'm going to do all I can to. Uh, and it's like I'm thinking to myself, what are you going to do? Well, unfortunately, he's not on the writer's ballot anymore. So I literally can't vote for him, which I would if he were. Um, but um, I do know a couple of people who know somebody on the Veterans Committee, so I can put in a good word. Look at you. Um, 
But uh, hey, mostly podcast family. Thank you all. Please uh, you know, listen, rate, review, subscribe, and do whatever else you're supposed to do to a podcast. And um, thanks again for joining us. We'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. My first, my last, <laughs> my everything. Nice. And he answered to all my dreams. <laughs> yes. yes. That song almost made me fall in love with the disco era. Not quite, but almost. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.